Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be a discussion about the Book of Jerem in the Book of Mormon, one of the shorter ones. Now remember that Jerem is one of the authors of the small plates of Nephi. Uh, just a little Book of Mormon trivia here for you. The word Jerem is the equivalent of the name Richard, which means to be prosperous or to be happy. So the word Jerem is the equivalent of our Richard. So if you're ever in a Book of Mormon quiz or trivia competition, that's what that means. Now you know. All right, let's go to verse 1. Now behold, I, Jerem, write a few words according to the commandment of my father Enos, that our genealogy may be kept. So one of the reasons that the authors of the small plates are including their names even is just to make sure that the genealogy is kept. And as these plates are small, meaning there's not much room left on them, and as these, say, as these things are written for the intent of the benefit of our brethren the Lamanites, wherefore it must needs be that, that I write a little, but I shall not write the things of my prophesying, nor of my revelations. For what could I write more than my fathers have written? So Nephi and Lehi and everybody else has written a lot already about prophecies, and so they're not going to, uh, the, the authors from here on out are not going to write much about what they, what they know. Jerem does not write down on the plates his revelations and prophecies because they've already been written by the other prophets before him. The living prophets use the scriptures. They don't supplant them. Even the Savior, when he visited America after his resurrection, had the scriptures brought to him. He added the scriptures they didn't have, but he didn't supplant the ones they had. That was from uh, um, Hugh Nibley. <clears throat> Dallin Oaks said, There is something deficient about any service that is conscious of self. A few months after my calling to the Council of the Twelve, I expressed my feelings of inadequacy to one of the senior members of my quorum. He responded with this mild reproof and challenging insight. I suppose your feelings are understandable, but you should work for a condition where you will not be preoccupied with yourself and your own feelings and can give your entire concern to others, to the work of the Lord in all the world. Whenever we focus on ourselves, even in our service to others, we fall short of the example of our Savior, who gave himself as a total and unqualified sacrifice for all mankind. Those who seek to follow his example must lose themselves in their service to others. Continuing verse 2, For have not they re revealed the plan of salvation? The Bible does not have a reference to a divine plan of salvation, but the Book of Mormon has several. <clears throat> References to the merciful plan of the great creator, the plan of our God, the great and eternal plan of deliverance, the plan of redemption, the plan of happiness, and the plan of mercy. I say unto you, yea, and this sufficeth me. Behold, it is expedient <clears throat> that much should be done among this people because of the hardness of their hearts and the deafness of their ears and the blindness of their minds and the stiffness of their necks. Nevertheless, God is exceedingly merciful unto them and has not as yet swept them off from the face of the land. And there, can, and there are many among us who have many revelations, for they are not all stiff-necked. And as many as are not stiff-necked and have faith, have con communion with the Holy Spirit, which maketh manifest unto the children of men according to their faith. This is a remarkable text. The, un the announcement is not that the faithful are entitled to receive revelation, but rather that the faithful will not be withheld or be without revelation. 
The spirit of revelation is not intended to be a privilege sparingly granted among the household of faith. Rather, it is obligatory upon all who are or can be called saints. Without the spirit of revelation, we can neither preach nor teach the gospel nor know of its certainty. Without revelation, there is, there is nor can be no true religion. Verse 5, and now that was from a doctrinal commentary of the Book of Mormon. Verse 5, and now behold, 200 years had passed away, and the people of Nephi had waxed strong in the land. So this must be 400 B.C. They observed to keep the law of Moses and the Sabbath day holy unto the Lord, and they profaned not. Literally, the profane is that which is out of the temple, meaning that which does not center in God and a sacred or covenant relationship with him. To take the Lord's name in vain is to profane the name of the Holy One. To violate the Sabbath day is to profane the Holy Day. And the breaking of any commandment constitutes the profaning of that commandment. To be profane is to be in a state of irreverence or impiety. It is to have contempt for the things of God. To profane is to pollute or to desecrate the sacred. For Jerem to testify that his people profaned not is for him to attest that they were a religious people who earnestly sought to live in accordance with the covenants they had made with their God. That's from Millet McConkie in the Doctrinal Commentary of the Book of Mormon. Continuing verse 5, Neither did they blaspheme, and the laws of the land were exceedingly strict, and they were, sanctif they were scattered upon much of the face of the land, and the Lamanites also, and they were exceedingly more numerous than were they of the Nephites, and they loved murder and would drink the blood of beasts. And it came to pass that they came many times against us, the Nephites, to battle. All Nephite-Lamanite battles are fought in Nephite territory, except the battles at the very end. But our kings and our leaders were mighty men in the faith of the Lord, and they taught the people the ways of the Lord. Therefore, or wherefore, we withstood the Lamanites and swept them away out of our lands and began to fortify our cities or whatsoever place of our inheritance. As long as the Nephites were righteous, they would defeat the Lamanites. The Lamanites were there to stir up the Nephites to be righteous. What the Nephites had to fear was their own unrighteousness. Verse uh, 8, And we multiplied exceedingly and spread upon the face of the land and became exceedingly rich in gold and in silver and in precious things and in fine workmanship of wood, in buildings and in machinery, and also in, in iron and copper and brass and steel, making all manner of tools of every kind, to till the ground, and weapons of war, yea, the sharp-pointed arrow, and the quiver, and the dart, and the javelin, and all preparations for war. Build up defenses to protect your freedom and liberty. Don't use it aggressively against your enemies, but only in defense. America has used its resources to defend itself, but this will only work if the people are righteous. Now, there's a law that is known among the church, which is called the law of retribution, which means that we don't be on the attack first. Uh, there's some scriptures in Alma chapter 43. I won't read these because they're pretty lengthy, um, beginning with verse 45. And then again, uh, in the Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, verses 23 to 38, talk about the law of retribution, which I'll let you read on your own. Down to verse 9. And thus, be, and thus being prepared to meet the Lamanites, they did not prosper against us. But the word of the Lord was, was verified, which he spake unto our fathers, saying, that inasmuch as ye will keep my commandments, ye shall prosper in the land. And it came to pass that the prophets of the Lord did threaten the people of Nephi, according to the word of God, that if they did not keep the commandments, but should fall into transgression, they should be destroyed from off the face of the land. Even the best defenses will not help you if you aren't righteous. 
Wherefore, the prophets and the priests and the teachers, in other words, these are Melchizedek priesthood positions, did labor diligently, exhorting with all, all long suffering the people to diligence, teaching the law of Moses and the intent for which it was given, persuading them to look forward unto the Messiah and believe in him to come as though he had already come, or as, as though he already was. And after this manner did they teach them. And it came to pass that by so doing, they kept them from being destroyed from off the, from the face of the earth or face of the land. For they did prick their hearts with the word, continually stirring them up unto repentance. And it came to pass that 230 and eight years passed away after the manner of wars and contentions and dissensions from the, for the space of much of the time. And I, Jerem, do not write more for the plates are full, but behold, my brethren, ye can go to the other plates, meaning the large plates of Nephi, for behold, upon them the records of our wars are engraven. So that's uh, part of the lost manuscript. The 116 pages include a lot more of the wars then. According to the writings of the kings are those which they caused to be written. And I deliver these plates into the hands of my son Omni, that they may be kept according to the commandments of my fathers. So Jerem has uh, kept the commandment of Nephi by uh, recording on the small plates uh, a little bit of his record. And now he's handing them off to his son Omni. I bear testimony that uh, these are the actual authors of the Book of Mormon that Joseph Smith translated them from the small plates, and that that's what we have today in the Book of Mormon. I bear that testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I look forward to seeing you the next time. Toodaloo.